So, hi guys, how's it going? Um, I think this episode does really deserve some fleshing out because it is quite an intense topic, so I would like to issue a trigger warning. Um, but today we're going to be delving into the topic of suicidal ideation, and it's mostly in collaboration and I think in support of Suicide Prevention Month, which is what we're in this month. And yeah, Linky and I have been trying to really figure out how to talk about it as delicately and as respectfully as we can. So this is basically that. So links, tell me, what do you think? And what are your, like, what is it that you want to make people aware of, especially our audience aware of when it comes to suicidal ideation? I think talking about suicide just in general, like you said, is triggering. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people don't understand that there's so many, um, there's almost a spectrum when we talk about suicide. Yeah. It's not just the end result. Mm-hmm. There is this space called suicidal ideation. There yeah. is a space um, that I'm going to term kind of suicidal planning. Yeah. Um, and those are very different. And you know, even in even in the mental health space, I've seen yeah. people talk about it very differently. I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, ideas that I agree with, ideas that I'm like, mm, I I haven't experienced it that way. And yeah. so sometimes it's really difficult because I think it's new for us to really go into this. I mean, for the longest time, it's been taboo. Um, oh, and, absolutely. And, and, and there's almost a, I want to say from, from places or from people who have died at the hands of suicide, mm-hmm. there is sometimes this sense of denial. There's this sense yeah. of something else was happening. There's this sense of, no, it wasn't like that. Yeah. And I think only now with um, more celebrities or well-known people um, having suffered from mental health and, and you know, their death resulted in, in suicide, it has become a topic that people are like, we need to understand this. Yeah, and we need... Yeah, we totally need to understand this. Um, No, absolutely. And I think, you know, from my perspective, I think if anything, like when you come back to, like, from you saying, I really love that, where you said um, suicidal planning, it's kind of like there's this area of... Any time I've I've seen stories of suicide discussed, it is always the after. It's never the build up. It's never like the the circumstances that led to this. And I think that's what people miss a lot of the time. I mean, in my own experience, it's always started as a disconnect, and then it has just gradually, you know, teetered into like a really dark and terrible place. But at the same time, I think in almost opening yourself up to understanding what it is because obviously I think a lot of our opinions about suicide are formed by a how we're raised possibly like you know our religious affiliations but ultimately this is a very human issue and we can't now say that no it's strictly for people who suffer from you know suicidal ideations or even have um, gotten to that point to talk about I think it's for everyone to talk about I think, you know, I think this is a starting point. Yeah. And I think that's why there is a part of me that needed to do this episode. 
mm-hmm. is that there is even with like I said, even as someone who struggles with um, their mental health, yeah, talking about this was mm-hmm. not on the cards for me. I was like, yes, we have a platform. We're talking about mental health. I do not want to talk about this because one, yeah. there is a stigma attached, a really big one, because everybody, in a sense, so I mean, in my experience, you you kind of mention it. You you reach out to a person, and yeah. you say, hey, you know, this is I'm I'm struggling here, and yeah. often you're reaching out to someone you trust, someone who mm-hmm. you believe is a safe space, because mm-hmm. sometimes you can't contact your, you know, your medical health professional, whether that be a psychologist or a psychiatrist, sometimes it's just not the time. And sometimes you just need to say to someone, hey, I'm in this space. Can you talk to me? Can you give me, you know, a bit of your yeah. time? And mm-hmm. so um, from that, I've, I've, I've gotten the response of, oh my gosh, are you, you know, what should we do? Like, let's go to the hospital right now. And I'm like, no, that's mm-hmm. not what I said. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I said that I'm in a space that makes me feel suicidal. There is a space in my mind that is starting to um, live in the space of life is futile. It's starting to live and swim and just be immersed um, in the murkiness yeah. of like extreme depression. And so sometimes you don't need someone to come in with you. You don't need them either to say, yes, okay, go ahead and do this. You need them to help you out, you yeah. know? And so I think that that's, like I said, that's why I think it's it, this is a great starting point because maybe we can shed light on the spectrum. Maybe we can talk about, you know, and I, I don't know, maybe you can talk a little bit about passive suicidal ideation. Oh, no, absolutely. I think I have most of my personal experience with suicidal ideation has been from a passive perspective because oftentimes, I think when you you were just mentioning about reaching out to someone and saying, hey, uh, you know, kind of of in a strange place, it's, it's almost like this, I get the image in my head of, I'm drowning and I need to, I need you to see me drowning. Like I, you, you, you sort of need that that second perspective to say, oh, I can see what's going on more than it is I need you to save me. Do you know what I mean? Because I think oftentimes, and I've I've often thought about how, you know, the conversation of suicide has to begin at like when we can admit that life is difficult. And there's 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 just, I don't know, there's something that exists within most cultures where it feels as if you're not allowed to say that and you're not allowed to really express that I cannot see myself doing this. I I truly can't. And so when it comes to the passive side, it begins, and again, from my own experience, it will always begin with the thoughts. And then you begin kind of rationalizing it and saying, oh, it would make sense if I do this. And then there's also the aspect where you bring the people that you care about most in your life and say okay if I do it this way then it gives me enough time to you know sort of you know get my affairs in order so that it's not a complete mess should I be found and then you know it it does come back to what I just said about you need someone to see that you are drowning and I think oftentimes I get frustrated when the conversation or people want to push the conversation into immediately going to a solution instead of just wading it through the way I think you have to. Mm. 
you know, you're talking about, again, just people's responses and how, how those, you know, I, I often hear this, this sense and I have argued it and mm-hmm. people still don't understand it that, mm-hmm. oh, you know, people who commit suicide are selfish and yeah. I want to get up and punch that person in the face because I'm like, <laughs> do you have any idea, any idea what was going on in that person's mind? And I think it is so difficult. There's so many other you know, um, yeah. emotional reactions that are just band-aids, right? That are just, it's supposed to be like, oh, okay, you know, you have a small sore. Let's just put a tiny little band-aid on it. When in actual fact, it's so much bigger than that. And so... Oh, completely. It's a septic wound. Exactly. And so for me, I, 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 I struggle to have mm-hmm. conversations about this because I feel like even those who say they're listening are not listening. They're not actually listening. And, and, you know, you spoke to the point of getting your affairs in order. And the fact that that sometimes the thought is terrifying. It is terrifying for that person who's going through Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Least of all for you who thinks you know or who thinks you deserve some kind of um, decision making over someone's life. It is really terrifying to even start to, you know, even in even in the passive suicidal ideation space, mm-hmm. even if we start on that side of the spectrum, it is terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And so I think we need to be a little more gentle with people. I think we need to, yeah, I, I think we need to rethink our responses. Absolutely. I think, you know, as you were talking, I just kept thinking, it's not about you. Like, it's just that there's that that want in those moments where you're kind of, you know, you're burying your soul to someone, like regardless of. And like you said, it might be someone that you trust deeply and they're like, oh, no, you still got all of this to live. Look, I get that. That's not the point. The point is I'm really at like a tipping point here and I just need to know that it is going to be okay. Because as you say, it's terrifying to be in that space. It is terrifying to think of, you know, the devastation that you might leave behind, but mm-hmm. the the want to just stop the agony, to just no longer participate, or even just be, you know, actively participating in something that makes you your own life, which in which you feel so trapped, that in itself, the fact that you just kind of want to push back and be like, no, I'm not doing this anymore, is terrifying, well and truly. Isn't it just, you know, isn't it just so, again, so difficult to explain? You know, when, you are, when you're in that space, it's, it's as if nothing else matters. Because exactly. living with a mental illness is it sometimes not going to go away. You know, yeah. we've talked about this before. There are people who have episodic um, depressive episodes. There are people who have a mild case, I want to call it, of anxiety. Yeah. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very glad that there are people who go through that and who come to an end point. I Absolutely. am. That, that, that makes me really excited. It gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. And then... Unfortunately, 
there are those of us who have lived with this disease from day dot. I mean, I yeah, exactly. You know, for me, mm. when I just think about when I look back and I think, oh, okay, that was what was going on there. That was a depressive episode. And yeah. you know, when I have um, my psychologist say to me, yes. That was definitely you going through an, a depressive episode. And that was what was happening. Your depression manifested at a really young age. Now, yeah. you get to an age where you're like, is this going to be the rest of my life? Is this really going to be the rest of my life? Because when you get to that point, it, it does. It's so overwhelming. It's like, I am never going to have a period of time, a long period of time, where I'm not dealing with d- this disease. And mm-hmm. other people obviously will say, oh, well, you know, it's like a chronic disease. Yes, please, if it was a chronic disease that you could just give me a pill and I could manage it, that would be great. But right now, you have given me a pill and it's 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 helping the symptoms. And mm-hmm. again, we've talked about medication and I'm, I'm not going to knock it, nor am I going to um, propose that anybody take it. But my experience, Experience. My personal experience has been mm-hmm. that in those moments, the 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 overwhelming, the overriding emotion is I'm tired. Yes. I'm tired. Exactly. I feel absolutely exhausted. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of this. And I think yeah. that's where there's a difference. I think that's where we have to be. That's where we have to hold space for people. Um yeah. No, I agree. I absolutely agree because I think that's just I think in my own you know personal moments I've had to contend with the with the fact that this isn't an episodic, you know, episode for me. This isn't something that will there's no end point with this disease for me. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that I've thought about constantly and I have been angry about it I've been indignant about it and then I've just accepted it because you know there there is a workaround thankfully more than you know there may have been 30 years prior but I think you know like you say it is exciting and it's it it gives you so much hope and a different perspective when you can hear someone talk about you know that they know what that place is like but I think there's also the absence of conversation of when you have the disease as a constant and you don't know when it's creeping up. I think we talked about this quite, you know, a lot in our beginning episodes, but I think, you know, when you do get to that place of just this absolute exhaustion, darkness, and I do not want to do this anymore, it is scary. And it is such a helpless place as well. And I think that's something that people miss is that if we could control this, we would wholeheartedly, but there is just that that loss of ability in yourself to want to keep going to want to even just you know take a walk to kind of get your mind off of it because it just becomes so all consuming at some point that you do have to you know check yourself in and that's not always the case but more often than not it is a process like anything you know, anything else that happens, it's, it's sort of like, uh, how do I put this? It's like, you know, falling in love is a process. And thus, you know, coming to a point of making such a final decision is also a process. And I think that's what people miss. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of cases that we hear about, 
it's when you catch it right at the end Mm -hmm. and then you live in oh but what could I have done there's plenty you could have done no one's blaming you obviously because this was ultimately someone's choice but you know it's it's just it's difficult to really pinpoint what it is you can effectively do because everyone's story is so different and again that is again so important to note is Mm -hmm. everybody's story is so different Mm -hmm. and I think Again, one of the things that I've heard, you know, you can tell I am very passionate about this um, because this is a serious matter. And I I have seen society really, I mean, I've I've just seen society really trash people who who have struggled and have have seen no end. Um, And I think one of the questions you, which you alluded to, is this, where did this come from? You know, why yeah. are you feeling like this? You, you've got so much to live for. I will repeat it. No one said, I, or I didn't say I don't. That, that's yeah. not what I said. Uh-huh. That's not what was communicated. But if you listen, if you just sit with me for a moment, mm-hmm. you, will, you will help me if you hear me. Versus, you know, if you listen versus just trying to respond to me, that actually will go a longer way than you trying to tell me that it doesn't matter. Or that you'll get over it. Yeah. Or that it's not real. Or that it's uh, not real. That absolutely does my head in when someone's like, oh, no, you'll get over it. What if I don't? Then what? Do you know what I mean? And you don't want to you don't want to lash out at people. But again, coming back to what you just said about, you know, this lambasting of just the idea of suicide and how many I've just like Linky, the amount of times I have like had or even been in a situation where people are just like actually, you know, kind of offhandedly talking about suicide mm. and just have the most ignorant responses to it well you know if you take your own life you miss out on the opportunity for things to get better um, dude like do you think i haven't tried in them in the midst of that and you do know, you you know we sound like we're getting angry about it it's so painful to hear those things it's actually really devastating to hear that that's what people think um absolutely and i think what frustrates me most of all is that why am i being painted with a brush of cowardice when i have tried my damnedest and it's still not good enough and you know at the end of the day i think more than anything it is to say that you know as i said previously this there's no end game here you know with with I think we we've we've kind of in our personal time spoken about how this is a day to day thing, and you cannot predict it with your medication or otherwise. So for someone to want to, sorry, I'm getting a bit emotional, but for someone to kind of just want to paint it with a single brush that says cowardice, worthlessness, whatever, mm. that certainly doesn't help it at all. If anything, you are, you know, reinforcing what it is that I feel more than you are assisting because you know coming back to the motto of this podcast life is worth living but there are moments where it doesn't feel like it is it does not feel like it in those moments exactly um one other thing that i wanted to touch on is Mm. 
the growing concern about mental health and, you know, these chain messages that land up on my Facebook feed. And um, I don't want to say that they're bad. That's not what I want to say. I want to say that, again, they feel like a Band-Aid because all it says is, oh gosh, I can't pull one up right now, but the essence of it is depression is real. Suicide Mm. is real. Uh, If you, you know, if you or two people feel brave enough to post this um, on your, you know, on, on your page, so that people know that they are not alone or that they know that I would rather speak to them than, you know, them die. And there is a part of me that's like, oh, people are doing this. You know, people are are listening. Mm. But there's a part of it that says to me, are you sure you want me to call at three o'clock in the morning? You know, are you sure that that's that's what you can handle? Yeah. Um, Are you sure that you will hold space for someone? Are you sure that you you feel equipped? Because again, you need to have some level of understanding because I think that's it. When people reach out to you, they're really not reaching out to you so that you can say, oh, you'll get over it. Oh, you know, um, Mm -hmm. no, no. It's a little more than just plastic encouragement, if I can call it that. And so Mm -hmm. I wanna just, caution people to say if you post that please mean it Mm. because somebody may take you seriously and say hey this person said this this person posted it um on facebook and or wherever you have posted it um on their status and so therefore i am i am taking it as as that that is what they're gonna do that they're gonna stand in the gap for me and I think sometimes people don't mean it that way. I think sometimes people want to say, hey, let us, you know, let's let's mm-hmm. raise awareness. That's a different conversation, you know, for me. Let yeah. us find out more. That's a different conversation. Um, yeah. Let us support organizations, initiatives around mental health. That is a different conversation to posting that I am going to be there for someone or some, you know, for several people. Yeah, I think that 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 takes a lot of responsibility, um, and I don't want somebody to take on that responsibility and potentially cause more harm than good. Exactly, because I think you know it's it's this. I think the best analogy I can think of is sort of like, if I'm on fire, would you let me into your your home? Ooh. That's that's what I think it 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 comes down to. Because Wait, you got to say that again for us. You know, if I'm on fire, will you let me into your home? Because I think, you know, when someone is in crisis, and I've seen when people are in crisis, it is a terrifying thing to think that you will not be able to help this person. But remember, it isn't about you. It's about them. And I think, you know, like like you're saying about posts like that on your feed, really do mean it. Because when someone is in crisis, it is a lot to face. And it is a lot to contend with that someone can really be brought to their knees this way by their life, by their life. But, you know, it is possible to be a beacon for someone else and do so absolutely without 
you know, like not to your own detriment, if I can put it that way? I, you know, I just thought about it now and I thought, you know, we've again talked about this in another episode, but if there is one thing, Mm -hmm. not like five things, I'm not going to go into a list. If there is one thing you can do, if Mm -hmm. somebody calls you or reaches out and says, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Passively, actively, this is how I am feeling. For me, if somebody says, I love you, what can I do for you? Mm. Exactly. I love you. What What do you want me to do? Like, what can I do for you? Can I just sit here with you? And, you know, for different people, it's different things. And sometimes mm-hmm. someone will say, I don't know. I don't know what you can do for me. And that's mm-hmm. when you just sit. That's when yeah. on the phone, you don't hang up. You just get comfortable in the silence Mm -hmm. because that person will eventually possibly say something or ask for something. And and literally, I'll go back. I love you. What can I do for you? Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. And often, I mean, sometimes you don't even have to sort of go as far as saying that you love a person, but you can say, listen, I'm here. I don't know. I, oftentimes I found that it, it's helped me immensely in times of crisis or times of, you know, just peril where someone can upfront just say, I don't get this, but I'm here. Do you know what I mean? Like sort of like just that wall that says, I do not understand what you are going through, but I'm going to be here for you going through it. You know, and I think that's, again, the conversation that we have to have about what does it mean to really be there for someone? Is it self-serving? Is it altruistic? Or, you know, because life is such a precious thing and again, looks different for everyone. But, you know, we should be able to, I think, societally accommodate for those differences. Yeah. Mm. I think we're going to leave it there. We... You know, my heart goes out to all the people who have lost their loved ones um, to this devastating disease. Mm. Um, We want to encourage those who are feeling like they're teetering on the edge to reach out. There are several organizations, um, several helplines who are available 24 seven. And again, to, to those listening, take a moment, take a moment to reach out to that friend that you know, might be struggling, you know, and often, often it's the strong people. Um, and, and just, you know, check on your friends, check on your people, you know, that's, that's really what they need. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you so much.